So from 2015 to 2018, my now fiance, we got engaged on the road, uh, lived in an RV and traveled around the U.S. It was... Hey, my name's Anthony O'Connell. I'm a man with a high voice and a podcast. We do a feast or pass, rate it one to feast, great dining experiences, and more. Sarah Bowes. For three years, her and her fiance lived in an RV and traveled across America. How did being on the road that long affect their relationship? They went to 47 states and two Canadian provinces. Unexpected RV costs. Sarah would knit while her fiance created art with resin. Needless to say, the cops got called on them a lot. Two pounds of super spicy crawfish. Fast food in the city it comes from tastes better. What made them stop living in an RV? Sarah's top three New York City restaurants. RV road trip tips. Sleeping in a Walmart parking lot and more. Hawaiian pizza. Feast or pass? Feast, I used to think it was the worst idea in the world because my parents were snobs. And then the summer I was 16, I was at summer camp and someone ordered it while we were out. And I was like, oh, this is delicious. Why was I hating on this? That's cool. So would you say that you're not a food snob at all? Not really. There's certain things that I don't, like I'm a snob about weird things. Like I'm a snob about bread. There's certain breads that I'm like, oh, that's gross. I won't eat it. And cheese, I think are the two things I'm kind of snobby about, but for the most part, no, I'll eat most things. Hey, that's fair. I mean, I think bread is an X factor. A lot of people don't think about it, but if you want a really delicious sandwich, you need a really delicious bread. And that's just hard, hard agree. (laughs) So what's your dream sandwich? Do you have a a mega sandwich with a fancy bread, a fancy cheese, and maybe some meat in there? I mean, the best sandwich in the world is, is going to be, it's twofold. So one is the muffaletta, uh, at central grocery in new Orleans. No one does it like that. I've gotten muffalettas other places. No one can do it. The the bread, the olive salad, all of it. It's just, it's a perfect sandwich. And then if you are in France or at a good French restaurant, just a really nice baguette with butter and ham and pickles and Dijon mustard. And done. Yeah. I mean, if, if the ingredients are amazing, I think you can get away with super simple, just a couple of ingredients. Yes, absolutely. So are you still, do you still live in Brooklyn? I don't. I'm up in uh, the Hudson Valley now. I live in Poughkeepsie, which if you had told me 10 years ago I was going to be settling in Poughkeepsie, I would have told you you were out of your mind, but here we are. (laughs) How is Poughkeepsie? What's the food scene like up there? You guys got some good food? We do. Poughkeepsie's weird. It's very like Bushwick in 2004. So like there's a drug dealer and a farm to table restaurant across the street from my house. (laughs) And it's definitely their neighborhoods that like you should absolutely not go to. They're terrifying. And then at but at the same time, you know, there's a really nice waterfront right near me with a seafood restaurant and decent calamari. And we're getting all these new like breweries coming in with fancy food. And we just got a Detroit style pizza place called Hudson and Packard, which is Aces uh, that started as a pop up and they just got their own spot. Oh, congratulations. I love when a pop up can succeed. Yes, especially in a pandemic. Right. So- because they just got it a couple months ago. So good for Hudson and Packard. They're great. That's incredible. Do you do you miss living in the city? I do. This is because I, I don't know if you know, I grew up in Manhattan. So like I'm city through and through. And I, this is the longest officially I have gone in my whole 36 years of life without setting foot in Manhattan. Oh my gosh. And it feels so weird. And there are things like I had a, I had too many breakdowns recently, pandemic related and food related. One was I desperately wanted to go to Chelsea market and just eat stuff. And I started crying because I couldn't. (laughs) And uh, on Sunday I was like, I want ramen. And my fiance was like, we'll go get ramen. We'll find ramen. I was like, no, because we'd have to eat in the car and it's not the same. I want, I want the experience 
experience oh god you poor thing <laughs> so like if i was in brooklyn i could go find ramen take it to my house but up in poughkeepsie we had a, a bad ramen place that failed oh do you have at least a good grocery store maybe you could get some like fresh nudes and like the the pre-made bone broth and just kind of make it yourself yeah i feel like i could find it but we haven't we haven't found it yet we only got a car in july so we're still exploring that's cool and so i guess we'll go ahead and move on to to one to feast it's like a one to five scale but we say feast for branding taco bell the fast food restaurant taco bell just has a place one to feast 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 okay i'm a trash monster i like taco bell (laughs) okay i figured with a born and bred manhattanite i thought maybe that would be like a one or a two but i love the surprise a little curveball how about just like a cheap dollar slice dollar slice is going to be a three to four i've just discovered that usually in the city the more expensive the pizza you're usually at a tourist trap it's not that great so if you're at like sabaro or something that's a four dollar slice of pizza and it's horrible so dollar slice i miss the city i miss having pizza every single second like i live in columbus ohio now and we have really amazing pizza but we only have two places that are any good that have slices. So in Columbus, you have to commit to a whole pie. I'm sure Poughkeepsie's probably like that too. We're close enough to the city that we have some normalcy, but the slices are like huge, like absurd. So you can get a slice of pizza, but it's like two and a half slices of pizza. I'm into that. So what would you say makes a great dining experience in your opinion? I, I think a lot of it has to do with the people you're with. I am one of those people who like studies a menu before I go to a place and I want to, I want to be aware. I'll look at reviews, all of that. So I don't typically find myself in places that are bad. So really I'm a big, the pandemic's thrown everything off. Like I love sharing food. If I can go to a place that's just, we order like 50 appetizers and a ton of beer and everyone just shares the food. Like that's perfect for me. Cause then I get to eat all of the things instead of just one of the things. Oh, yeah, um, I'm totally on board. <laughs> yeah, so I, I really, it's like people and ambiance help so, so much. My fiance and I, when we were on the road, we ended up in for, we ended up in a waffle house for Thanksgiving one year because we were trying to get somewhere. We just didn't stop for Thanksgiving. And another year on Thanksgiving, we ended up at a Dave and Buster's because it was open and we weren't cooking and we were just trying to move. And they were two of my favorite Thanksgivings because I was like with my fiance in a hilarious situation and we just like (laughs) had a really good time. So there's that. But also, you know, if you go someplace that's, that's got just amazing food that's always going to be always going to be aces but if like the server's shitty or you're with someone who's mean to the staff like that ruins it so of course that's really beautiful I think any meal with uh someone that you love or really care about is going to be a win like you could just have a baguette in the park and that would roll or it's a perfect meal <laughs> <laughs> casual taco truck or anything mm-hmm. that's really awesome um so one of the big reasons I was excited to talk to you is you guys did your dare to pee adventure you went on the road. Could you just fill in my listeners and let us know what kind of what that was about and what made you want to start that? Yeah. And so from 2015 to 2018, my now fiance, we got engaged on the road, uh, lived in an RV and traveled around the US. It was, he's an artist. Uh, He works in designer toys. So he hand sculpts uh, figures and sells them to art collectors, essentially. And we wanted to go to this big convention on the West Coast. And at the time we had a dog and we realized that to fly out there, fly out stock, do all of these 
get a hotel, get a pet sitter, like all of this stuff we had to do was going to be really expensive. So somehow we thought it'd be cheaper to buy an RV. I'm not sure where exactly the logic started, but it started as sort of an art tour that we were like, we were going to go and we were going to stop various art stores and galleries and stuff along the way, sort of make it this big tour and end up at this convention. We were going to be gone for six months. I told, we told all of our employers in back in Brooklyn, like, we'll be gone for six months. We'll be back. Don't worry, save our spot. And then we kept doing it for three years and going around and seeing more places and exploring more things. And it really, it was funny because it started as a joke. We like before we were even properly dating we're like we're gonna get an rv we're gonna leave (laughs) and everyone was like sure you are and then we bought an rv and everyone was like whoa whoa whoa, what we were like (laughs) we said we were gonna do it we're like we didn't think you were serious no we were serious we bought the rv and we uh we took off and we traveled and explored the u.s and two canadian provinces uh for three years almost exactly hey just wanted to say thank you so much for listening so far If you're liking it, please subscribe, tell a friend. If you're loving it, please give us a five-star review. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. I find it shocking because I didn't know that you were a native New Yorker. So I find it shocking that you wanted to leave. I I feel like in my experience, most native New Yorkers I've been are like, why would I leave? Like I live in the best place in the world. Like people come to me, why am I leaving? That's totally a hundred percent true. My mother who was born and raised in Chicago but has lived in New York uh, since the early seventies was like, why would you go anywhere? And my fiance is from California. So we were very much the same way. We were like, oh, so he's from the West Coast. I'm from the East Coast. And neither of us had really seen the middle of the country. So we were like, okay, that'll that'll be part of it as well. And the weirdest part about it is there are, backtrack, we also realized we were getting priced out of Brooklyn. So we were part of the other goal for the trip was to find someplace new to settle. Uh, Not expecting to like anything that was off the coasts. And then, yeah, my favorite state is now South Dakota. Never saw that coming. I love South Dakota. South Dakota is a giant tourist trap made of magic and magic. I love South Dakota. So what do you love about it? Is it like the national parks or just wide openness? So the national parks are amazing. Like Badlands is amazing. It looks like you've gone to space and you're just on Mars. Wall drug is a bizarre place. Like you just drive down this road from uh, Sioux Falls basically to Deadwood. And it's, you go to Mount Rushmore, which is mind blowing because you don't think it's real until you're there. And uh, you go to the Badlands and just outside of the Badlands is a sign, like a ton of signs being like, feed prairie dogs. And you're like, what? And you take a turn. And then there's just this field filled with obese prairie dogs and peanuts for sale. And then you feed them peanuts by hand and they're, just rotund little oh I love them so that's much. so adorable yeah it's it's just so tourist trappy and ridiculous and the whole thing is silly and then you end up in Deadwood and Deadwood is this weird like mini Vegas but with cowboy reenactments it's just it's surreal I love it oh my gosh that's so intense and I feel like it really speaks volumes to you and your now fiance's relationship because being on the road with someone that long is very challenging to say the least <laughs> Yeah, everyone, when we got engaged, they were like, oh, well, we know you'll survive because you lived in a 24-foot RV by yourselves for three years. And we were like, yeah, we'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, because when I graduated college, I took a road trip from New York City, and we went to, like, Boston, Philadelphia, like, just all over the East Coast. And then we actually ended up driving all the way out to uh, Denver, Colorado. And by day four, we just kind of like, it was just me and my friend, but we kind of, like, hated each other. Like, I remember (laughs) um, we were driving through Kansas, and 
I had turned on the radio, but I fell asleep and my buddy yelled at me and started freaking out. And he's like, Anthony, turn off the radio. This is ridiculous. And I'm like half awake. Like, I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, just turn off the radio. And like, we were just like at each other's throats, oh. but maybe it's different if it's a romantic thing. I guess maybe that gives it a little, it's a bonus thing. I yeah. Think. Yeah. You know, cause you can have sex when you're mad. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, funny. We've never been to Kansas. Never it. been. Nope. We accidentally, we've been to 47 of the lower 48 just kept driving past Kansas. Like there's nothing there. It's just flat. It. I know the Boses come from Kansas. So I feel like a monster. <laughs> like all of my grandfather was from Kansas. Should have gone, didn't go. What were some of the unexpected trials and tribulations? And then also some of the unexpected, super fun things that happened being on the road that long. We, so we bought our, we bought our RV off of Craigslist and we, you know, got it looked over by someone and they said it was in great shape, like a totally a good thing to buy, go for it. And then after about four months in it, we discovered there was like extensive water damage to the front of it. Cause mm-hmm. the kind of RV we had is the one with the like little cab over the truck front. And so, yeah, we found that out and that was suddenly like a $4,000 fix that we were just unprepared for and had to borrow money from my mom to take care of it. Uh, so that was, that was super stressful. And there were a couple of moments like that, like our toilet started leaking one time. We had to like weird repairs in an RV and mechanical. So you're living in a car made out of like matchsticks and drains. So <laughs> all sorts of mechanical stuff. But in terms of surprises, we, so because of my fiance's work, he works with resin and it's, it's toxic. And so he has to wear like a respirator and we would go because we were moving every day. We slept in Walmarts most nights. Uh, we would go to parks to work during the day and I would sit and knit and he would cast resin with this respirator on and he's, you know, a large bearded white man. <laughs> and so Scott called on us multiple times because we were suspicious or they thought we were from Breaking Bad. <laughs> Riff raff. So we, yeah, we, got, we got the cops called on us multiple times, which was super bizarre. And then fun things we... This was, we weren't in the RV where we rented a little car because uh, we needed to get across the country quickly and RVs are not designed to move quickly. So we rented, rented, left the RV at my cousin's house, rented a little car and on a whim went to the Grand Canyon. That was a good day. That's amazing. How like organized were you? Like, were you guys like, I want to go to this restaurant in this random city or were you just kind of like winging it? We, we absolutely winged it. The couple of things we knew we had to do like there, there were certain things we had to do in New Orleans, uh, like get the muffaletta and eat everything. If you go to New Orleans, just eat everything. Don't stop. You're going <laughs> to feel sick. Just don't stop. You're going to be fine. The only thing that I remember us really having to do is um, the David Chang's show, Crazy Delicious. What is it? What's it called? Yeah, I think it's called Crazy Delicious. Right? Something like yeah. that. They had, it had just come out and they had an episode about uh, Viet Cajun cuisine. And we happened to be in Texas at the time. So we went to Houston and found a Viet Cajun place that did these like Viet Cajun crawfish mm. and we're so excited and didn't, <laughs> I'm, I like spicy food. Spicy food is my friend. I think it's delicious. My fiance does not. Uh, <laughs> we ordered mild Viet Cajun crawfish. Uh, you could only order that. You could order them a minimum of two pounds. And we were oh, so God. excited. It smelled amazing. We got the mild and the mild, he couldn't eat any of them. 
he they were way too spicy and i ended up eating two pounds of mild crawfish by myself and breaking out (laughs) blisters all around my mouth because they were so spicy oh my gosh that was that was the one thing we were like we gotta do this and it just ruined our day (laughs) well anytime you have to buy two pounds of something i'm a little concerned Yeah, I mean, at least it's crawfish, so it's mostly shells, but it was, it was a bad day. And that was the mild version. That was the mild version. Yeah, we went back and looked at reviews, and apparently we were supposed to order the nun edition. I was like, isn't that just butter? Apparently not. Wow, that's intense. Now, how hot can you go? Like, could you do like, um, like a ghost pepper chicken wing, for example? No, 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 definitely not. I like, I like spicy. I don't like pain. So... I don't know. I don't, I haven't, I've never tested my tolerance like that. Like I've never done a hot ones challenge or anything like that. Cause, but I have been out to dinner with a friend of mine who also likes hot sauce. And I got, we were, we were down in DC and I ordered uh, this habanero duck special thing. And it was like tortillas and layered and a habanero cream sauce. And I was just eating it. No big deal. My friend was like, can I have a bite? And I said, sure. And then he started crying. <laughs> So I think my tolerance is pretty high. It's respectable uh, I, at the very least. Yeah. And I went to, uh, I went to visit some family who was living in uh, Sichuan, China, where you can't get food that's not spicy. And so while I was there, my spice tolerance shot through the roof just because I, otherwise I wouldn't eat. <laughs> so when you guys were, were out on the road looking for food, I have to imagine there were some points where there's no internet service, right? Like you couldn't do stuff on your cell phones and you just, well, would you just look at a place and hope for the best or how would you do that? We, so we did a lot of, it's actually, you know, living in Brooklyn, we didn't cook at home at all ever because why would you? I lived around the corner from amazing sushi restaurants and Roberta's like, why was I ever going to cook my own food? Right. Uh, And then we got on the road and, you know, most nights you're staying in a Walmart parking lot where their option is a McDonald's. And so we, we cooked a whole lot on the road and discovered usually if we got to places when it was too late if we were too tired to cook anything like that, 99% of the time, the only option we would have would be fast food. So there was no looking it up because we knew what it was already. It was fast. <laughs> would you guys eat like a, like a 7-Eleven pre-mate, like the food they make there, like the rolling hot dog or the taquitos or any of that madness? How adventurous are you? I, I like, I like the rolling, I like food that rolls to heat itself. I like those taquitos. I get made fun of for it. I don't care. I like a lot of trash food. Like for someone who, you know, a lot of people think is like a foodie and like, I really like food. I like cooking food. And I, I like, I like a lot of trash food, including 7-Eleven rolly taquito things. Nice. And I'm the same. I, I'm the kind of foodie where, cause sometimes like on upper feast, people will give me pushback and they'll be like, oh, you posted a chain or you, all you post is junk food, whatever. And I'm like, who cares? Everything's delicious. Like yeah, super fancy. Yeah. Like <laughs> I've had, you know, I've literally had four-star meals. I've had some guy with a cart, you know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. it's all great. A hundred percent agree. So when you're going for something super munchy, super fun, what would you say your biggest trash food is? What do you love? Oh man. Uh, Popeyes. I love Popeyes. <laughs> Popeyes <laughs> is great. And a weird thing we discovered on the road while we were traveling is fast food in the place it comes from is better. Really? Yeah. So like, Popeye's in Louisiana is actually like really, really good. Really? Yeah. Are they still rude? I hope. (laughs) I don't remember. The the one day we went to Popeye's in, in, uh, in Louisiana, the last time we were there, I was so hungover. I couldn't see anything. So I was like, (laughs) I don't know if they were rude. I was hungry and I didn't care. Fair enough. If you were boozing it up on the road, would you like try to be cool and just go to a liquor store or were you just going to like random bars or maybe a little bit of both? 
a little bit of both. We would get, uh, you know, cheap beer from Walmart or wherever we were parked for the night, or we would go find a dive bar because uh, I love dive bars. I think they're great. One of the best ones we found was in a place called Earl Park, Indiana. And Earl Park, Indiana used to be a town that a road went through and then they got rid of the road, moved the highway over. And so nothing has survived in this town except for one bar. So there's a park that you can park your RV at and a bar and like city hall and that's it. And it was, I wore Guns and Roses pants and we were in Indiana and people were like, who were like, oh, Izzy's come in here. Like we know Guns N' Roses, they're from here. <laughs> and it was just the, the Earl Park is right near, very, very close to Illinois. And it's right on the, right before the time changes, like the, between Eastern and Central. And you're so close to the border that the time on your phone changes constantly. So okay. we would get to the bar. We stayed there for about a week and we would get to the bar and they'd be like, kitchen closed an hour ago. And we were like, we don't know what time it is. And they were like, I oh, will reopen it. Don't worry about it. So they reopened the kitchen for us because we were idiots. Right. We're from the future. We need help. We don't know. Uh, but once a year, this place has a uh, RV festival and that's what keeps the town going. The town fills with like 100,000 RVers or something absurd. And that's the only reason this bar exists. That's insane. So what made you, what made you stop doing it back in 2018? It was a combination of factors. My fiance's career had started to do well, which was the reason we were doing this. And I got a job uh, at an art gallery up in Beacon called Clutter and helping to run a festival called the Five Points Festival, which I'd done for one year already while we were on the road. And my mom's getting older. She was living in the city. And so we wanted to just get closer to her. So we settled up in Poughkeepsie and about a year, about a year and a half after we moved up here, she moved up here too. So oh, that's nice. it was, it was a bunch of factors and it was just time, you know, expenses were piling up. The RV needed some work. And so we just sold it and furnished an apartment instead. Did you feel restless when you first went back to normal living? Yes. hundred percent. It's <laughs> there's still, I mean, we've been off the road for three years now and there's still days when I'm like waking up in the morning and I'm like, where am I today? Like where, what city am I in? What town am I in? Are we parked in a Walmart? Like what's going on? I'll still dream about it. That's fun. So when you were in Columbus, my hometown, was there anything you remember that jumped out at you specifically about Columbus? If not, that's fine. No, 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 absolutely. Um, we actually, we liked Columbus a lot. We went there for the, the monthly art walk and there was a gallery way at the end of it that's closed now, a designer toy gallery called Rivet, which still exists online. And so we, we made a point to go there. And that was a really fun day. We went to a dog bakery just Ohio is beautiful. Like it's a beautiful state. And it's a weird thing. I noticed when you go from Pennsylvania into Ohio, the sky changes. It's like, it's suddenly you're in the Midwest. Like it's just, it's a different planet. It's really weird. I don't remember. I think we just cooked at home when we were there. I don't remember any food, but I do remember the galleries and, um, I did, I ended up selling some hats at a shop out there that doesn't exist anymore. But. Are you still selling hats and still knitting and all that fun stuff? I am. I still have, uh, I started a, a new venture where I do really weird embroidery uh, that you can see, but podcasters, won't, listeners won't see. But I, my fiance, because he casts resin, makes me creepy baby heads. Oh my God, that is creepy. <laughs> and then I put them on embroideries. <laughs> Oh my God. It's like a spooky little silver mask. It's like a cherubic face and yep. it's on a beautifully embroidered thing. So they're, uh, they're super weird. This one is available on my Etsy currently. Uh, and I've What's got, your Etsy? let's give a shout out to your Etsy. It's a Charles street trading company. Cause I grew up on Charles street in Manhattan. Awesome. That's cool. I'll, I'll put that in the description too. Cause oh, people I are can... like, 
you know, we got to do that ease of access. Totally, um, totally. I lived in New York for about five and a half years. I lived on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. It was amazing. I loved it. And just as an outsider, I just want to tell you that I think New Yorkers are nice. People, people get a bad rap about New Yorkers. And in my experience, maybe I had my privileged little bubble, but everyone was really cool and nice. Do you, would you agree with that? I would absolutely agree with that. My finding as someone who grew up in Manhattan is people who move to the city feel like they need to have a chip on their shoulder about it and are rude. People who actually come from the city are really mellow. For sure. And I think as an outsider, I think people think New Yorkers are rude because they're very busy and they don't necessarily smile at you. Like here in the Midwest, everyone's smiling at you every single second. It's almost creepy. But in New York, I feel like if you take the time to engage with someone, like say I was lost or something or whatever, people would be cool. Like they'd be fine. It's just they're busy. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I found, uh, we talk about this a lot because my fiance is from California, Southern California specifically. And I'm from New York city about how we grew up speaking a different language. Like Californians talk in such a roundabout way when there's an issue, there's no, like, you have to like sort of shimmy up to it and go around the back. And New Yorkers are like, do we have a problem? Right. I would like to squash this problem. I would like it to be over now. I don't have time to deal with this. I will not be mellow about it. Right. Which I think is better. I actually like how concise and uh, how direct people are. I 100% agree with you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have a top three New York City restaurants? Like if people were going to visit the city, what would you say? I always worry that they've closed since I was last there, which is worrying. But yes, uh, Veselka in the East Village is I've been going to since I was about eight years old and it's open 24 hours and they have the best chicken soup I've ever had in my whole life. An amazing beef stroganoff. Uh, Momo in Bushwick. Love Momo. Uh, just so, so good. Um, some of the best Japanese food I've ever had. Brought two friends who actually are half Japanese and have been to Japan and they were like, this place is unbelievable. So nice. Uh, super aces there. And then probably Minka for ramen on Fourth Street and Avenue B across the street from Ace Bar. Super tiny hole in the wall kind of dirty looking like it's a little unassuming but almost every year ends up on best ramen in the city lists and just really really good and affordable that's great do you have any tips if people wanted to try to do like a road trip like not necessarily for three years but say like maybe a month or any extended kind of on the road do you have any advice for them in that regard um don't yes i do don't make any concrete plans because you never know what's going to happen we sort of went into it being like, we're going to do this and this. And it was this very stringent plan. And most of it didn't work out. We got, we got to places when we got to them. And it's just, you need to have sort of a level of, of chillness, I think, to be on the road. Because yeah, if you're living in a vehicle, you don't know what's going to happen. You might get a flat tire, like something, something might go wrong. Or you'll see something really cool and take a turn. And that adds a day to your trip. Like you just, you just don't know. And I noticed you you mentioned Walmart several times. Is that like a, a, a road hack? You can like sleep at Walmart legally? You can't. So there uh, there's a couple of, of really cool, if you're in an RV or a van, hacks. And one is most Walmarts, if you call ahead and ask permission, will let you stay for one night. Um, some of them have stopped doing it because people have started living there. And that's not really a good look for anybody. Uh, but if you're just staying for a night, if it's an overnight, most places are cool with it. There's also a company called Harvest Hosts that does um, museums, breweries, wineries, farms, and a couple of other things. Uh, will let you stay overnight for free. The only thing you have to agree to is uh, buying something from their gift shop. So we stayed at an alpaca farm one night, which was possibly <laughs> the best night I've ever, like best morning ever, woke up and they're just fucking alpacas everywhere. 
Uh, I was just thrilled. Uh, there's actually, there's a, a saved story on my Instagram about it. It's just a ton of videos of llamas because they're amazing. They're so uh, cute. Can't be they're it. so cute. And I bought some yarn from there. And we stayed at a, we stayed at another farm, bought some eggs, stayed at a brewery for two nights where we just drank a bunch, which was great. Yeah. And that, I think it's $40 for the year or something. You have to pay a subscription service and then you get access to this map. And it's a really cool way to explore. We only found it at the end. So we only stayed like five places, but it's still really cool. Yeah, that's cool. And 40 bucks, that's not bad at all. So being that you traveled this whole country, you're a native New Yorker, which people, you know, often correctly, in my opinion, say New York's the best for food. I'm imagining you have a really refined palate. Is that true? Would you say that's correct? Oh, I don't know. Yes, sort of, but not, I don't think it has to do with being from New York. I think it has to do with having my, my dad grew up all over the world. He was, his, his father worked at the UN. And so he was a foreign service based and grew up in a ton of different countries but the the home base for the family of Americans was in France and so I started going to France when I was like a little kid so I was eating escargot when I was like eight and there were there were no rules in my head like we didn't have kids like I feel like kids menus were not so much of a thing in the city when I was growing up so it was just sort of you ate what was put in front of you and we were also kind of poor so it was like yeah no I'm not making you a special meal you're going to eat what you're going to eat and that's the end of this discussion so I don't I don't know if it's fully from being from the city because I know kids who grew up in the city who are like I eat pizza and that is the end of it <laughs> yeah that's true that's fair and I guess yeah because New York has literally every type of everything like when people say like they act like New York is like this amazing liberal paradise and I'm like I met tons of idiots here too <laughs> yeah, yeah there's a ton of idiots absolutely escargot I think that's kind of an unpopular food choice I like it just because the sauce I think that sauce could make literally anything good yeah it's a vehicle for garlic I mean garlic and butter that's it it's a yeah, chewy and, garlic and I'm butter. on board with that mm-hmm. now do you have any unpopular food opinions I, I do especially as a New Yorker black and white cookies are trash you want a cake get a cake <laughs> oh, a black and white cookie they're disgusting oh no no just bad food oh, dagger so to my cookie. heart I love I a black and white cookie. I know People do. I don't, I've never liked them. I don't understand it. How do you feel about a big thick cookie, like a Levain cookie? Are you into that? I like a Levain cookie. I have no, no problem there. But yeah, black and white cookies, just frosting on a cookie. Go, no, 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 no. Come on, you get one bite of chocolate, one bite of vanilla, then you need to get the double bite. No, I don't <laughs> like them. I don't like them. I don't like the texture. They're like Jaffa cake. No, I don't like them. Fair enough. I guess we'll, we'll end on kind of a sour note if you have a, an example of a worse dining experience because we've been positive this whole time. Let's throw in something fun. Do you have an example of a worse dining experience? Possibly the grossest story I can think of is coming to mind. And I apologize for this because it wasn't actually my dining experience. It was what was happening next to me. Oh boy. I was a teenager and as I used to smoke a lot of cigarettes and I was a teenager uh, hanging out at the Waverly Diner on 6th Avenue where you could smoke inside. And it was late because I don't know, I was a teenager and I was out <laughs> being dumb. My friend Mia and I went and across from us, Waverly Diner is solid, like can't go wrong. It's a solid diner and it probably no longer smells like cigarettes though. I wouldn't bet on it. Uh, and across <laughs> from us was a guy who was just so so drunk and his girlfriend who was clearly trying to take care of him and he uh vomited into his plate of eggs like just a little bit and then just ate the vomit eggs (laughs) and it ruined my meal oh my goodness yeah i would think so that's intense so in terms of in terms of like going to a place that was really bad nothing comes to mind but 
that guy's vomiting will always stick out in my mind. Yeah, that's that's the worst answer I've heard in doing my podcast so far. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think the reason is is because I invite cool people. Like, I think sure. I need to get a Karen on here. I bet a Karen would have so many great worst dining experiences ever. I asked you everything I would like to, but if there's anything I didn't and you're like chomping at the bit to say it, now's your time to shine. The only food-related thing I can think of is that anchovies are great and more people should be into them. It's true. Like, especially like in a sauce or something, it can add like some meatiness and like a lot of flavor. Totally on board with anchovies, 100%. People are afraid of them for no reason. They're salty little deliciousness. Yeah, they just need good marketing, I think. I think whoever reps avocado should rep anchovy. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Anchovy toast for everyone. Hey, that actually sounds good. I would do that. So Cheaper too. Yeah, capers. Love a caper. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, but anchovies are much cheaper than avocados. Oh, cheaper. I thought you said caper. I'm an idiot. Oh, capers. I I get sad when I'm out of capers. I love capers. Capers on everything. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being a guest on my podcast, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you. You too. Bye. Bye. Have a good one.